honestly, seriously, uh, can't tell you how encouraged we are uh, to see uh, so many of you guys are able to be here this morning. We know that those that, that, that are those that cannot, and we completely understand the circumstances, and we, uh, we just pray that God will put an end to this for all of us as soon as possible. Amen? Yeah? I, I had a, uh, I was, if you were looking at, why is the pastor on his phone during worship? That is a great question. Uh, someone contacted me with a live stream question, um, and I, it's a great question that I can answer for everyone watching at home right now. If your smart TV doesn't allow you to watch anything but YouTube, you don't have access to a web browser on your smart TV, here's what we recommend. Watch the video on YouTube, watch the live stream on YouTube, but on your device, on your phone or on a tablet or on your laptop, pull up the website, um, bereachristianchurch.online.church. Pull that website up and uh, follow along. I'm all crazy, confused there. Uh, follow along on that site. That way you can interact with things. There is a list right there. Hit that continue button and you'll have the list of all 17 of the missions that we support here. Uh, have that available so you can look at it because we'll be talking about that very, 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 very soon. Um, and these buttons, don't forget these buttons. We want to give these buttons out. I don't want a bunch of Christmas buttons left after Christmas. We want people to take these with them. So you husbands, you might not be a button wearer. That's fine. Take one home to your wife. Uh, give it to her as an early Christmas present. Tell her you got it for her. That's just fine. We don't care at all. That's just, just fine with us. All right. This is a special Sunday. We haven't done something like this uh, maybe in a long time, maybe ever. I don't know. I wasn't here, but we haven't done this since I've been here. And so what I want to do is begin with this. 1892, 128 years ago, this church was started. If you've never thought about the gravity of that, it is impossible, completely impossible to account the number of lives that have been reached for Christ, the number of souls that have been won, the number of people helped, not just here in Berea, but even the impact that this bride of Christ has had upon the entire world. If you stop and think about how God can and does Use each and every one of us to spread the gospel as far as the ends of the earth. It is a miracle. So here's our purpose in today. We pray as the leadership of this church that we never lose that desire, that we never are distracted from our mission to be his witness here in Brazil, here in Clay County, here in the Indiana, here in the United States, and of course then to the ends of the earth, which in case you aren't aware, the ends of the earth are much, 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 much closer today than they were in the time of Christ right? This church has an incredible history of reaching out and supporting missionaries both locally and around the world, and we continue to faithfully, financially support many of those missions to this day. You're going to hear about all of those here in just a few minutes, but it feels like there is disconnect, and this church isn't the only place that exists. It feels kind of like the American church in particular is really content to just send money. After all, that's what we Americans do best. We throw money at things. And we never really get to know the heart of the missions or the missionaries we support. It feels like we passively support these organizations instead of playing an active role in their work. It feels like we are disconnected from the actual real-life people that we're supporting, that our financial support should be enough from them, that we really don't need to invest in a relationship with them. We, we don't need to invest in the spiritual or emotional well-being of those missionaries or their missions. Church, I'm just going to be very honest with you. At best, this approach to missions is neglecting the true love that Christ has for those people. At worst, it's actually sinful neglect. Currently, we have a very small team of individuals who are very dedicated to try to support these missions, but they can't do it, quite honestly, on their own. They can't. And my question to you today, is this what God intended? 
for the bride of Christ to do. Is this what the early church did in the days of Paul? We just talked about Epaphroditus the other day. Do you think he was alone in his journey to go there? Do you think there was a whole group of people back home praying for him as he went? Or was it just, oh, okay, I'll be in charge of the missions team. I'll take it. I'll be good. No one else. Is there something more? Is there a greater way that we can impact this world for Jesus? Is there a better way to fulfill the Great Commission than just writing a check? Yes, the check is important. I have some missionaries in the house today that will assure you the check is very important. It's essential to the survival of the missionaries and the work that they do. But a check without love... Money without relationship, donations without any form of dedication, that is what the world does. We are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart as God's people for his purposes. So what do missions look like in 2020 here at Berea? I'm going to challenge you to listen real quick here to a passage from the book of Luke. This is Jesus speaking, chapter 24, verse 44. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened up their minds. If you were with us during these last seven weeks, then you know very well what that means. All of a sudden, they were, they were given understanding of the scriptures. He told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer, and he will rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name in all nations, beginning here in Jerusalem. You are my witnesses to these things. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Now, Luke follows that scene up with the scene of actually Jesus leaving this earth to return to heaven after the resurrection with these words. But these words are directed at you. See if you hear your name. It comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses it's in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, yes, pastor, you're right. Jesus is talking to the disciples and whoever else was gathered there on that day. But there is an application in that verse for every one of us. You and I are now his witnesses in Brazil, in Clay County, in Indiana, United States, and to the ends of the earth. There's a story told of a young boy who grabbed his grandma and his, his mom to go out and play in the front yard in the sandbox. Gave them all a, a little shovel and, and pail and there they went out to play. As they began a conversation, after a while, they noticed that everybody that was walking by the front of the house was staring at these two grown women sitting in a sandbox. It was at that time that they realized that the little boy who invited them to said sandbox had left long ago to go play in the backyard. You see, they'd gotten so busy in their conversation, they hadn't noticed that they're alone playing in the sand. It's very easy as time goes by to lose focus on what you're doing and why you're doing it. But if you forgot what your purpose, if you forget what your purpose is, then you can look pretty silly, if not completely foolish. It is not uncommon at all for churches to forget what their mission is and to get involved in so many different other programs and other activities that don't actually serve the mission. So we must be clear about what our mission is as a church and how we are to fulfill it. One of the areas that God prompted me to begin right when I started here was a re-emphasis on our missions and our mission areas. And I looked at this list as I, I conformed it, put it all together. I looked and noticed that 10, 10 of the folks listed on this page have actually physically in person been here in this church to speak since I arrived two years ago. That is incredible what God has been able to do. Now, some of those people we've had representatives from besides the actual person. This is essential. We have to have them here. We have to invite them in to hear the heart that they have for their mission. We have to have them in so we can encourage them 
And we can be encouraged by how God is using them in their mission as we seek to share in their difficulties, encourage them through their struggles, through their trials. But I got a question for you. How are we doing as a church? Since we've had 10 of those people represented here, 10 of those missions represented here in this place, have you as an individual followed up with any one of those missionaries since they were here? It's very quiet. Have you committed specifically to praying for that specific mission that was here? There was just one here last month. Have you had an opportunity to go out and volunteer or serve in the community in one of the local missions that we support? Have you had an opportunity to serve maybe even here in our very own food pantry? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Jesus spells out the mission in the text. He was teaching. This teaching that he gave these men transformed them. Transformed them from these confused, discouraged, fearful men to these now bold, courageous witnesses who were willing to die for this faith. And Jesus' teaching here is not just for the apostles. It's just not for those in full-time ministry. It is for every single member of the body of Christ. We are to be involved in seeking first the kingdom of God. And if we're to do that, we must make Christ's purpose our purpose. He spells out what our mission is and even tells us how to fulfill it. Our mission? Our mission? To proclaim the good news, to proclaim the repentance for the forgiveness of the sins in Christ's name to all the nations through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're called to do. What's the source for our mission? It's God's word. It's God's word. Luke 24, 44 and other places, Great Commission 28, 19 from Matthew. He gives us the subject of his mission, the work that he accomplished on the cross, the necessary response to it. And he gives us the scope of the mission, the entire world. There are no boundaries beginning with wherever you are right now. And the source, well, the source is the word of God. He explains concerning his death and resurrection that all of these things from the Old Testament, all these prophecies about me, they have to be fulfilled. In fact, he says the word must be fulfilled. That exact same word is used just a little earlier in that chapter, 24-7, where he's pointing to the necessity of God's sovereign plan being fulfilled. Luke is telling us here that he wants us to know that the death of Jesus was not an accident, it wasn't the result of sinful man getting the upper hand on God. No, this is God's sovereign purpose. This was his will for the life of Christ and fulfillment of all of these Old Testament scriptures. And you and I need to understand how important the words of God are to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that God had written all of these words through his servants. And if you've been with us through the last seven weeks, then you know how we feel about the word of God and the emphasis, the renewed emphasis, we will be placing on it from now until forevermore. We must have the same passion for the word of God that Jesus does. Jesus lived in obedience to the word. Guess what we should do? <laughs> Live in obedience to the word. When it comes to the missionaries we currently support and the ones that God will call us to in the future, we have to put the words of Jesus Christ into action. I pray one of the greatest things you learned in this previous series was the idea that you truly only believe the parts of the Bible that you actually put into practice, that you actually do. We must apply as individuals and the church the truth of God's word in our lives. How awesome would it be? How awesome would it be if God called you? And I don't know who you is. How awesome would it be if God called you to start a mission it might be right here, just down the road. Absolutely, it could be. It might be over in Terre Haute. It might be somewhere else in Indiana, somewhere else in this country. It might be somewhere else in the world. Did you know that God could call you to do that? And from my perspective, from our perspective as the body of Christ here at Berea, what an incredible dream come true it would be if you did that. 
Because then we would get to be your home church. We would get to be the ones sending you out to go and do this amazing work for Christ in this world. That is an incredible feeling. We'll talk about someone today that is, fits that exact scenario. You see, for me, I can remember as a kid, I always loved it as a kid, as an adult. I always love it when missionaries come to speak. Now, I'm going to pause there just for a second because I know for a fact there are people that when they look at the bulletin and they see next week's guest speaker is so-and-so from so-and-so mission, they say, oh, great, that's a great week to skip church. I know for a fact people do that. It breaks my heart when that's the case. I always loved it when missionaries come to speak, whether it was a Sunday sermon or some evening event or whatever it was. I loved hearing what God was doing in other parts of the country or even the world. As a child, in a real sense, this was my only direct exposure to the other places around this world. Now, my dad, I've shared this before, would often lead trips to Haiti for a couple weeks at a time, sometimes even a couple of years. And I remember traveling with him around to various small churches and things for him to go and give presentations with the old carousel slide projector. Who remembers those? Carousel slide projectors. Yeah, and you get through and there's one upside down and whatever else. I remember when I was finally old enough to operate said slide projector for my father. It was a great time. We would go, we'd give updates on, to, the, to the churches that supported the mission, answer questions about the mission and the work that was being done. I loved going to those meetings. You've got to understand that for me, via visiting missionaries, I have been to Zimbabwe, Africa. I've been to Israel. I've been to Haiti many, many, many times. I've been to the Windward Island School of Evangelism. You don't even know what it is. It's an awesome place. It's a Bible college located in the Caribbean. What do they do? They bring in nationals from the various islands in the Caribbean. They train them, and then they send them back to be pastors in those islands. It's an incredible mission. Maybe one day we'll support them here. I've been a missionary. I've been to Germany. I've been to Poland. I've been to the Czech Republic. I've been to England. I've been to Honduras. I've been to Mexico. I've been to India, and many more. There's countless missions around the United States of America that I've been to as a result of missionaries coming in. Now, have I physically gotten to go to all those places? Not yet. Not yet. But if God would allow me, I would because I want to go check on those missionaries. I want to see what they're actually doing firsthand. But God has given me the opportunity to learn about all of those places, to hear the heart of the people that are serving there, people who have gotten to go on short-term mission trips and been in action and served alongside those missionaries and the nationals to meet the needs of the people all over that country and all over this country and even around the world. You see, Missions is an incredible way to put into action the illustration from last week. Jesus has to be our dresser. He seeks a place in every area of our lives. His love, his guidance, his protection, he wants it all infused within him. Missions is a great place to start, to insert him within every area of your life as you get the opportunity to go and to serve on the mission field when God allows, or as you take the needs of the missions that we support and you share them at work, you share them with friends, you share them with families, there is no greater way to get someone interested in Jesus and your relationship with him than having them support you as you go and serve. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you take a week off work to go do that? Why would you invest money in that way? They won't have a clue why you're doing it, but they're going to ask questions. And it's going to give you a chance to share with them the love of Jesus. And even how their support of you doing these things is changing the eternities of people, maybe on the other side of the world or maybe across the street. See, here's the heart of what we're saying today, the heart of who we desire to be here at Berea. We want to be people of the word, which means we must be doers. 
of the word. Missions are a direct extension of that. They are an example of God calling us to put our faith into action. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a little bit about every mission that we currently support. And I've got some support on the video screen from some of them. It's incredible what we're able to put together. Some of these missions you know. Some of them you might see in the names right out there on the wall, but honestly, you never took the time to stop and read who they are or what they actually do. So we're going to share a description for each of you, and I want you to pray during this message with me that God moves your heart for at least one of these missions. Now, I'm going to be very honest. I've stood right up here all week, and I've prayed very specifically that the Spirit of God, and I'm not making this up, that the Spirit of God will convict you, whether you're sitting here or you're watching at home, that the Spirit of God will convict you for one or more of these missions in such a way that you'll be willing to join our missions team here at the church and let Tony and Jerry know that God has given you a passion for this mission or these missions. And you will then sign up to be our ambassador to that mission, our liaison with that mission, to keep in touch with them, to find out how we can pray for them, to find out what specific needs they might have on that mission field once or twice a month. No, you don't have to go to China. That's not what we're saying, though God might call you to do that. What a role. So will you pray, believing that God will answer that prayer and God will convict, maybe you, for one of these missions? He might call you to go and serve on a foreign mission field. That's absolutely true. He might call you just right down the road to serve one of our local missions. It might be right here in this very building with our food pantry. We'll get to all of that at the very end, okay? So as you listen today, consider, consider the financial side of being involved with our mission work here at Berea. We want you to know, because we're fully transparent, how currently our missions are funded. Unlike other churches, we don't have a budget number for each mission that we support. Instead, we set aside 18% from every single week's offering. And at the end of the month, we write a check from our church bank account to the missions bank account, right over to it, 18%, straight off the top of every single thing that we bring in. Now, what's amazing about this is how much we send to our missions is directly tied to how much we as the body of Christ, give. The greater our tithes and our offerings, the more generous we're able to be with our missionaries. When God brought me here, the number was 15%. God moved us to 18%. My prayer right now is for this next year, so for our 2022 budget year, that we increase that to at least 20% of every week's giving. But if you really want to be, if you want to know my true heart in this, the dream that God gave me, I haven't shared this with very many people, so don't freak out. Okay? But honestly, the dream that God gave me is, is very specific. My God, my, my God told me, this is what I want you to do one day with the church that you're serving at. I want 50%. I want half of everything that everyone gives the church to go right back out the door to missions, both local and abroad. Now, you know what that is? That's crazy. That's crazy to take your operating fund and take half of it and go, okay, we're going to send it away. And the other half, God will make it happen. He'll allow to bride us with what we need to do that. Will you pray with me believing that God can do that one day here? Will you pray believing that? Because if you will, if you will pray believing that God could do something as crazy, as miraculous as that with a small church in the corner of Brazil, then he's going to be able to do that through you. <laughs> you are the person, if you're praying that, you are the person that he is going to make that happen through. You and those that you bring to this body of Christ here at Berea. God will need to move all of us to be a little more giving, to be a little more generous and a little more responsible in other areas of our life so that he could fulfill that plan. I know it's insane. It's a crazy, crazy dream. I've been talking about it with my wife for a number of years. But you know what? There's only one way to find out. 
Test God. Test God. The funny thing, and I back to childhood, Andy Hertel. I don't know if, has Andy passed away yet? I don't think he has, but maybe he has. I don't know. Um, an older gentleman at the church I grew up at always give the offering meditation back in the day. Same verse every week, Malachi 3.10, every single time. Bring the whole tithe in the storehouse that my food may be in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God says, test me in this. Test me. Test me with your tithes and offering. The challenge to the people of Israel to quit robbing God. That's the phrase used there. Quit cheating God to bring the full tithe into the storehouse. And if you do, then God promises to bless you in ways that you can't even imagine. So our faithful giving, bringing at least the minimum of what God requires, the tithe. And of course, we can also go into the worlds of offerings as well that Jesus discussed with us. Our faithful giving not only blesses us here and you even in your life, but literally those around the entire world and in this very community. All right. So I am looking forward. What we were able to do is I was able to, I contact a whole bunch of our missionaries. And I got seven of them to send me videos back from wherever they are for them to share with you. So this is all brand new, just received within the last week um, to share with you. And so uh, we're going to play a video for some, and then I'm going to discuss them a little bit. And there's some we don't have video for, and I'll just talk about those. So we'll kind of be going back and forth at home. We're kind of going to be going back and forth with the video and the live feed and things like that. So just be aware of that. If you're watching at home, um, we did get videos from all over the world. So there may be volume issues with some of the videos. We apologize in advance for those. We did the best we could. Um, you might have to turn your TV up slightly or down slightly in order to hear those. So go ahead, number one. In 2012, God called us to Ostruda Christian Camp where we served till the end of 2018. Over that time, we revitalized and restored the ministry of the camp that had not been going well. In November of 2018, we passed the baton of leadership to a new director and we moved our family back to the United States. As we reside on this side of the big pond, we represent the ministry of Asuda Christian Camp and the ministry of Polish Churches of Christ here in the U.S. So we strive to connect churches and individuals here in the U.S. with the Asuda Camp ministry and churches in Poland. And, and we do it uh, by bringing teams to Poland. We do it by raising funds for various outreach and construction projects. In fact, a team from Berea was supposed to go to Poland last spring, but due to uh, COVID restrictions, we had to postpone our trip. But we are thankful to God for you and your heart and passion for his kingdom. Uh, just let me quickly share with you about a project we are working on and praying God will allow us to accomplish very soon. Uh, we are raising funds to convert the chapel into an all-season chapel. Presently, the chapel is uh, only used in, in the warm months. When the board of directors met, we decided it is time to prove to pro, to improve it uh, into a building that can serve the entire year. At this time, we are informing um, our ministry partners about this uh, important project. In 2012, God called us to a Struda Christian camp where we served till the end of 2018. Yeah, we got it. Anyway. Here's the thing. If you remember, we were blessed to have Andres here back in um, March. 
<laughs> Anybody remember March of 2020? Yeah, he was here. That guy was here. Um, here's the thing. We're still going to Poland eventually. Right now, our dates are March 17th. We're going to leave on March 17th. We'll be back on the 26th in time for Palm Sunday, and you could still go with us. I am convinced that God has delayed this trip twice now, twice now, maybe for a very, very specific reason, and maybe, just maybe, that reason is you. We're headed to camp. We're going to rebuild a seating area in the amphitheater. There was a picture up there. I don't know where it went, um, but I, I put in a picture of the amphitheater that will actually be rebuilding, and we would love to have you join us. See me specifically if you're interested. I can get you all of details. This is an incredible way to reach out across the pond, as they mentioned, to support a ministry that's reaching out to kids and to families with the love of Jesus. We're going to talk about our camp in a little while, but so many of us have had great camp experiences over the years, and now we get to provide that for kids and families in Poland. What an awesome opportunity. Now, remember our prayer at the beginning of today, that God, this Holy Spirit, would literally convict you to be our liaison, to be our representative to one or more of these missions, contacting them once or twice a month to just check in and remind them how much we love and care about them and that we desperately want to hear what's going on with their missions. Keep that in mind as you've got those lists in hand and in house here, or if you're online, hopefully you're looking at it on your phone or you're able to print it off. Well, greetings from East Asia. 大家好,很荣幸给你们分享我们的情况. So if you didn't really catch what that said, I said, hello everyone. It's an honor to be able to share with you our current situation. You know, 2020 has really been a year to remember, or as some might say, a year that we'd like to forget. You know, we were originally planning on a trip to in 2020 so that we could have been back and given this update in person. But alas, you know, COVID has changed the world. First of all, we want to say thank you so much for your continued prayer and financial support over the years. As a Timothy that's kind of gone out from Berea, it's been a great encouragement to me to know that you've continued to pray for me and our family and for our ministry over these years. This year's had a number of transitions for us. Previously, I was focusing my work in the area of leadership development and human resources for all of the staff that served here in East Asia. So with the need to adjust our structure, my focus has now become one that's more global in nature, trying to help establish effective HR processes and systems for all of our ministries across the globe. But I get to continue doing this from right here in East Asia, so I can stay connected to the local ministry through our international fellowship, where I'm functioning as an elder and the executive pastor at the moment. You know, as we've been able to serve at our church with a full of internationals, it's been a joy for us to be able to think about building into and influencing those future leaders from across the globe as they come into our city to get their master's and doctorate degrees. We can build them up over a few years, send them back to the four corners of the globe, ready to build God's kingdom. So here's just a few ways that you can pray for us. You can pray that God would continue to allow us to create deep connections with people, even though it's painful whenever people kind of come and go all the time. You can pray that given the realities of having to do things online, that we'd have wisdom to know how to best utilize the technical solutions to keep sharing the love of Jesus. Pray that we could continue to grow in our love for the local people here, especially helping our kids embrace the language and the culture. Pray that we would continue to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. Pray that we as a family would continue to draw near to God and that we would be an example to the people around us. 
How cool is it that we can get these things from all over the world? So awesome. It's almost like they're here. It couldn't be. COVID has obviously changed a lot of things. One of the other things you can use those sheets for down is to take some notes. They're giving us some specific prayer requests. Are we going to be a praying church? Are we going to follow through with those things? This is an incredibly special mission to us as that, if you don't know, his name is Brian Fagg. That is Melvin and Rachel's son and daughter-in-law, Kathy, and their grandkids. How awesome is it that we, as the body of Christ, get to support one of our very own in the far east? I don't know if you understand the true scope of the ministry that they're a part of globally, but I'm telling you, it is incredible. And my prayer is that God will continue and begin once again to raise up people from our very own midst to be like this. Doesn't have to be to China. Long gone are those days where missionaries only go far, far away. No, missionaries can be absolutely right here in our local community. Let's head to Haiti. Go ahead. And what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song in our native tongue here in Haiti. So we're going to start right now. Two, three, four. No, no, to sing that for you today because they know that because through the mission their name is written in God's hands because they've accepted Thank Christ. Thank you for helping to move Christian mission, build a strong foundation in Christ. That's what we are here for. We are here to give hope to the Haitians that don't have that hope every day in their life through Jesus Christ our Savior. We are grateful for each and every one of you who are partnering alongside of us. We know it's not been easy, especially this year. This year has been something um, that we all didn't expect and something that we um, are trying to fight each and every day. And we are just so honored to have each and every one of you alongside of us. All these, now, a lot of these videos actually are longer than we could show all of this morning. So we're going to post all of the, the entirety of the videos online on our, on our website throughout this week. So just, just watch for those if you want to. In 2019, uh, we were able to have Jessica and Lubens here for VBS. Uh, they got to share with us a lot about the missions and the kids, um, uh, with our kids and with all of our volunteers at VBS about the mission in Haiti. I think our project that week was to, to help raise money for a new oven, um, new stove for their mission. Uh, here's the thing. I know that my family in particular has a heart for that, uh, that desolate island, a nation called Haiti. As I mentioned, my dad had been there many, many times. I have actually been there in person um, myself. And now my sister and her husband, who are sitting up here today, they happen to be home for a couple weeks here um, to be a part of ICOM, uh, at least <laughs> supposed to be part of ICOM, um, over in Indianapolis. Uh, they are here as well. And so if you want to know more about what's going on in Haiti right now, there's some crazy things happen with money there and, and political stuff, and they'd be happy to talk to you. They're in Lakai, Haiti, which is just down the road 
some 122 miles. Now for us, that's, you know, a couple hours. For there, it's about five and a half um, to get to, to uh, Jacmel, where that mission is located. It's phenomenal, the work that they get to do there with the kids. They've got a feeding program. They've got medicine. They've got education. They've got all kinds of things that they do within that ministry. And we're so glad to be supportive of them. And then we've got Randy and Katie. Some of you know these guys. Yeah, hi. Uh, this is Randy, and we're in the church building where we usually have our church services. But during the coronavirus, things have changed a lot. You can see there's lots of space in between all the different uh, chairs, and every chair has its own little table for communion to be set on it. But a lot of our work has not been in the church building. A lot of our work this year during the corona time has been out here in the backyard. Been with our uh, meeting people here. A lot of people have problems because of uh, depression and uh, some people then just need people to talk to. We've spent a lot of time out here also with uh, non-Christians. For example, Katie's uh, birthday party was out here and um, this is where we're able to help people the most and meet with people during this time. Since I first filmed this, a couple of things have happened. Uh, for example, it is now fall. We just got back from the United States where we were able to visit our mothers. My mother moved to um, independent living and her husband is now in, um, in her nursing home. And we also were able to have a memorial service for my father-in-law who died in June. English classes have started back up and uh, fall is here. We're trying to figure out now how to do our work, um, not only in the backyard when it's a little bit cool, uh, but also uh, inside. And also one of the men in the church has died since then. He was uh, supposed to be preaching for me while I was in the States, and uh, he didn't show up for church when they went to look for him. Uh, they found that he had uh, passed away. And so um, it's a loss for our church and it's a loss for uh, our work uh, here. And you can remember the church uh, in this time of loss. We'd like to thank you for your continued support for us uh, through this corona time and through the difficulties um, that it is uh, causing us. And thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. And we pray that you too will feel the blessing of Christ. Bye. Uh, Randy and Katie are, are super good people. Uh, they haven't had a chance to speak here. Uh, they were in the States uh, a couple of years ago at this point. We were able to meet with them, have dinner with them, and, and talk with them, but not really uh, completely get them in to, to meet with all of you guys here. Uh, they're in that small town of, of Payne, Germany. Uh, they lead the, the, a church there. They teach English lessons. They do other things in the community. And if I remember correctly, they've now been there about 30 years is how long they've been preaching and teaching in that very community. Can you imagine the relationships that they formed within that community. I can't. Uh, what an incredible opportunity, incredible ministry. They've been dealing with the coronavirus as church leaders, just like we have back here in the States with some different rules put in place by the German government. Randy mentioned something there toward the end, but you can't really catch the significance of it because he didn't elaborate. Uh, they sent a, a monthly email out as well, and so I was able to read that and learn. He mentioned that while they were in the States, the person that was supposed to fill in the pulpit while he was gone didn't show up that morning. They went to find him, and they found actually that gentleman had passed away. His name was Burkhardt Holtzner. 
Now, you wouldn't know that name at all, but what Rainey didn't tell you was who this guy actually was, okay? This is the life of a missionary, right? You leave the States, or you leave your mission to come home, and then this happens while you're gone. What Rainey didn't tell you was when he first started, so we're talking 30 years ago, back in Germany, he and this Burkhardt guy helped start a home Bible study that ultimately became a church in a town called Holdensheim. Burkhardt was the first one that Randy and Katie told they were engaged. Burkhardt spoke at their wedding. Burkhardt quit his job as an engineer to come here to go to Ozark to learn more about the Bible, so he goes to teach his people about the Bible. This wasn't just some guy in the church, people. This was probably one of his best friends. Can you imagine what he's going through right now? So he did ask that you pray for the church, that you pray for them to figure out how to deal with the house. Uh, Burkhardt left his home to the church, and so they've got to figure out how to, to use that, that to asset now. Pray for the whole and their congregation. Clearly, this was an important man of God within their church. And then obviously, they asked for prayers as they considered to try to figure out how to reach out to people during corona. They love meeting outside, but it's Poland in the winter. That's cold. You don't meet outside, right? So difficult to find opportunities to do that. All right, so keep that mission in your prayers. Let's head over to ISU. Go ahead. Hey, hello, friends at Berea Christian Church. Um, I'm Adam. I'm one of the campus ministers at the Christian Student Fellowship at Indiana State University. And I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you so much for partnering with us in ministry. Um, thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your giving. Um, thank you for your prayers for us as we engage the campus with the gospel and as we uh, serve these college students um, that we're entrusted to work with. Um, there's been a lot of really cool um, things happening and, and these things happen because of the partnerships that we have with people like you. So thank you so much for being involved in that. Um, this semester as we came in, uh, like a lot of you, I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty and we, we weren't sure what the semester exactly would look like. We weren't sure even how long we would be in person with these students. Um, and it's been impressed on me over and over and over again, like every week, every time we get together, it's been impressed on me that it's a grace and a, and a blessing to have these times in person, to have these times of one-on-one -on -one discipleship where I can sit with a student and talk to them about Jesus, about their faith, about all these things. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing as we gather and worship. And, and I, I just am so thankful um, for those uh, opportunities that we've had. Hey, hello. So hopefully some of you know of, of Adam. Some of you have been involved. Uh, that, that Christian Student Fellowship has been around a long time at ISU. Some of you might have been a part of it whenever you were there a couple days ago. Our very own Seth Passfield, who's watching us from home right now, is on the board of directors there for the Christian uh, house there. And so we'll let you know that. Um, Adam's been here to speak uh, at least once um, since I've been here. But he also was here last February. Does anyone remember February at this point? Yeah, he was here. He helped lead worship one Sunday back in February, if you were able to be here for that, that Sunday. Um, the Student Fellowship there is it's an incredible organization. They do what all campus ministries do. They're trying to help people find community, find faith in Christ, develop relationships to Christ. Uh, it's a non-denominational organization, welcomes the students in. The, their website tells you that their vision is to be a powerful and pervasive influence on campus for Christ and beyond. Their mission, to demonstrate Christ's love, acceptance, and this is a big one, his truth on a campus that doesn't believe in truth, to seek God, serve others, and to engage the world. It's a noble task, 
at a secular college campus where so many people are now coming, having no interest, no desire, no knowledge whatsoever of who Jesus Christ even is. What an opportunity, what a mission that is. And you know what's so cool (laughs) is that um, they're right down the road from here. Could you imagine the ways that you might be able to help them out? Little things. Here's one thing I almost guarantee they need. Food. They meet different times during the week. I bet they would love some home-cooked snacks, food, things like that. There's all kinds of ways you could interact with those people all the way over there at ISU. It's not that far. (laughs) It's really easy to get to. If you don't know where it is, I can show you on campus where it's at. What a blessing it would be to be able to get involved somehow, some way with them. And if you were here last week, you might have noticed one, two, three, four, about five, six rows back over here on the left, there were five young men. They looked like college kids. They were from ISU. Guess what? They're from the Christian Student Fellowship. They have everything in common with us. Now, one of those kids was one of the students from our ministry in Crawford. He's one of my student leaders, and he brought four other guys with him from Christian Student Fellowship this last Sunday. How awesome is that? And they enjoyed meeting you, and they look forward to coming back. So the next time they're here, somebody take them to lunch. Go get them pizza somewhere, pizza gallery. It's halfway between here and there. It's cheap, it's easy, you can go in. Um, take them there, take them to lunch. How, what a blessing that would be for those young men. All right, let's talk to Jim. Go ahead, Dr. Evans. Well, welcome, Berea Christian Church. Uh, my name is Jim Evans. I'm the executive director and lead counselor at Community Christian Counseling. And uh, I'd like to share just a few minutes uh, of your time this morning. Uh, telling you a little bit about uh, what the Lord has been doing with us and through us uh, for the last 17 years uh, and to let you know how uh, we've been uh, so fortunate to receive your monthly support uh, for such a long time and how that's being used. Just a bit of history. Uh, We've recently celebrated our 17th year of, of operation here at the Counseling Center and like any small business, uh, uh, it's, it's a challenge, but God has been very, very faithful to us in so many ways, financially and otherwise. Uh, we uh, have been providing uh, biblically uh, faithful and financially accessible uh, counseling services to really we become an, a regional referral center. And there are eight surrounding counties uh, for which folks we've been uh, providing services for. Uh, our counselors help folks deal with uh, a lot of different kinds of life struggles, uh, and uh, we are all biblical counselors. That is to say, every counseling model has a, a view of life, a view of the world uh, that they use in order to counsel. A biblical counselor uh, says that the best way to live life uh, is uh, by first knowing Christ and, uh, and loving the Lord and loving others as ourselves. And, uh, and so we use uh, the written word of God as the primary source of truth that, uh, to encourage others. Uh, if you remember, some of you might, August of 2019, <clears throat> I know you don't remember that far back, I don't either. August of 2019, uh, Dr. Evans was here and he spoke. Um, if you would like to see that video, it's actually on his website on the very homepage. He's got the link to it. You can find it on our YouTube channel as well. The, the message was entitled, How Should the Church Handle Depression? How should the church handle depression and those with it? How do we help those people struggling? Is that going to happen right now? Yes, of course. 
It is. That mission's been around for a long time. Their goal is to provide biblical counseling. Now, some of you might say, well, what's the difference? Any, any psychological counselor would be good to go to. Well, no, it's not true. Um, yes, all can help in some level, but you have to understand that every person within that field is coming to, you, to meet with you from a perspective. And if they're coming with you from a, at you from a worldly perspective, remember what the world believes. You're an accident. This entire world is an accident. It's a cosmic accident. There is no meaning to life. There is no purpose to life. You're just here. We're trying to make it the best ways we can in the limited time that we're given here. So here you go. A biblical counselor is going to come at it from a slightly different perspective. Looking at this place as not an accident, but on purpose. As a matter of fact, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And God loves you. And God's got plans for you. And oh yeah, by the way, his son died for you. You are special. You are important. There's a very different perspective, mentally, psychologically, you're coming at when you're working with people. From those things. It was an honor to have Jim here, but here's one of the things that we want our people to remember. Yes, they want to provide biblical counseling, but not just for anyone. They want to provide it for you as well. We support this ministry. They have direct ties to us. If you or someone you know is in need of counseling, please seek them out. Terre Haute is not far away. They offer help for so many of the issues that people are facing today. A short list from their website includes anxiety, depression, all kinds of addictions, planned and unplanned career changes, parenting skills, anger, bitterness, childhood behavioral issues, family conflict, communication difficulties, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, substance abuse, divorce care, just life suffering, grief in general, changes due to health issues in your life and even personal crises of faith. Use this ministry. If you or someone you know is struggling with any of these issues, please, 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 please utilize them. There's a link to their website right on. Just go to our mission page, local band. You can go to CCC's website. Okay. And the next mission that, that I want to just briefly touch on is the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Hopefully all of you know what they do there, but that is an amazing, amazing outreach helping save the lives of unborn children. Is there anything more sacred than those lives, right? all the while trying to reach lost souls for Jesus. If you do not know what they do there, if you truly don't know, here's what I want you to do. The next time you get an opportunity, go down to 40, hang a left, go to Terre Haute. When you get downtown in front of the Holman Center, you'll see this big building on the corner. It says CPC on the corner. Park your car on the street. It's free for two hours. Go in, say hi to the lovely receptionist. It's Susan Williams, who you often see here, standing on stage, singing to you. She's at home right now, recovering from hip surgery. Okay, go in. They'll show you around the place. It's magnificent. It's a wonderful facility. They'll tell you all about what they do. And if you happen to be on the right day, you might even see my daughter Kaylee, who volunteers there once a week when she can get over there. This semester has been very strange for her, but she might be there as well. Don't miss an opportunity. Maybe God is calling you to that ministry to be a liaison, to be a representative for us. I think this is the last video here, isn't it? Is Dave the last one? Hi, Bria Christian Church. We're Dave and Kim Butts from Harvest Prayer Ministries. We just want to take this time to say thank you so much for your support over the years. It's really been an amazing year for us and everyone else, of course. <laughs> but you know, for us, we've had an amazing opportunity to accelerate ministry. We've been on Zoom, teaching people all over the planet. We've been writing, but most importantly, and the thing we're so excited about is we're getting ready to launch Prayer You. That's our online teaching platform that allows us to literally go all over the world and teach. In the last 28 years, we've been in over 800 churches. 
next year with Prairie U, we hope to be in 800 churches or more. We're grateful to have that opportunity, and it's because of people like you who've been partnering with us for years. Thanks. Thank you. Incredible ministry. Ivory I know Christian many Church. of you have had We're a, a chance Kim to be a part of in, in different ways. We just want to um, take again, this time I'm to say thank back you so much to March for of this year. On the Thursday before the quarantine and everything else, the world shut down. We had our first ever live event right here on stage, and Dave was our guest. And we had a little discussion about how to pray in this world. What, what is going on in this world right now? How timely, how timely that was. Who knew prayer in uncertain times would be so relevant continually to this very moment in time. That mission, it's an incredible mission. We have many people that have been supportive of it and even worked there uh, at various times in the past. Their goal, their goal is to make to see that every church becomes a praying church. They want the church to be focused on prayer. They want God's people to be focused on prayer. That is their passion. That is their mission. Um, and as we learned last week, those missions are very closely tied together. The more we pray, the more fruit that will be yielded in our lives and in the body of Christ here at Berea. So, so what they're doing is exactly what we are trying to do here. They train people, leaders, individuals, couples, families, you name it. And they're getting ready to launch this new online version. In the past, it's always been public. They would come and speak and teach. They've written many books together and all kinds of things. But now they're going to try to take this to an online platform where lots of people uh, don't have to gather together. They can gather together online and learn and teach. So will you pray for the success of that opportunity? Like I said, they, they mentioned there in their 28 years of ministry, they've spoken about 800 different places. They think that this will be able to allow them to, to speak to more than 800 places just next year alone via the online platform. What an incredible, incredible ministry. And we get to partner with them. Maybe God has a passion for that in you, that prayer world. Camp Ileana. How many of you have ever been down to Camp Ileana before? I want to see. Everybody raise your hand. At home, you can raise your hand. I can't see you, but just pretend. Okay, most of you have been down there. Well, if you haven't been down there in a very long time, you should go. Uh, the staff, the church staff was able to go down exactly one month ago today. We went down and had a staff retreat down there, um, and they got to see the place because none of them had ever been there before either. I was their first time visiting. It is an incredible, incredible place. If you have kids, if you have access to kids. You have nieces, you have nephews, you have grandkids, you have neighbor kids, you have workers that work for you that have kids. Whatever your access with them is, would you please, number one, pray that camp will be open this summer, okay? That's a big deal. And number two, will you pray that these kids will be able to go? Will you send them to camp to go and experience camp for themselves. Um, it is an incredible, incredible thing. Here's the cool thing. If you're a member here at Berea, then the church in their budget has the finance to pay for half of your kids to go, half of the cost for your kids to go. So what you could do then is with the other half you thought you had to pay, you can now help pay for your neighbor's kids to go with yours, your friends of your kids to go with them. It's an incredible thing, or even better, between now and summer, invite those friends to come here to church and we'll pay for half of them to go. Yes, we will, because we want them to go to camp. As a former camp dean myself, me and my wife, after almost 20 years of leading a week of camp, can tell you the impact is incredible. The potential impact truly life-changing, eternity-altering. And what a blessing it is to be able to partner with Camp Ileana. Oblong Christian Children's Home, that's another one that we support. And if you were here about a month ago, then you got to meet the brand new director of that camp, Eugene Whitman. Now, we're excited to get him over here because he got to share with us a little of the vision of the camp, of the facility now as the new 
director. He brought you up to speed on everything that's happening there. What a resource this is. What a ministry. They bring in troubled teenagers, students from all over, including here. They bring them in and they try to help those students out with the love of Christ, teaching them, working with families to help restore relationships, helping these children grow and mature, getting them to help the life skills that they need, educating them. All the while, the number one goal, praying and working to see that each and every child comes to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. What a ministry, and we get to help them. You get to help them. Now, when Gene was here, he passed along a couple things to you that he wanted me to follow up. I, I talked to him this week, and he said, hey, number one, tell your people thank you so much for being so welcoming to him and his wife and to listening so attentively. And he wanted to update you. He told you about a new program that they were starting, a, a transitional living program from the younger students to older students that used to age out. At that point in time, they were renovating an apartment. And he wanted me to let you know the renovations are complete and that last Sunday, the 15th of November, two individuals were able to move in and begin that program. The very first two people to ever be a part of this new program for people that have aged out of their traditional facilities and program and now give them a place to go and continue residence, continue teaching, learning, and growing closer to Christ and hopefully preparing them for the world that, that awaits them, all right? So that's awesome. He asked for two prayer requests. Listen to these. The first one is just to pray for the transition for he and his family as they uh, begin working there and just that their vision is adopted and they can find their place within that. But I loved the second one even more that he gave us. He, he said, and I quote, I want to quote him here. He said, Pray for the protection around the ministry so that we are not derailed from the mission of discipling at-risk youths and their families. Church, he's asking us to do exactly what we're doing this morning, praying that God will not allow us to be derailed, unfocused, off, off, off course for what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ here at Berea. He's asking us to pray that for them, that they don't get distracted by the other things in this world. Will you join us in praying for them? We're down to the last couple here. Helping His Hands, a disaster relief organization. It's based down in Vincennes, Indiana. Just a week or two before I arrived, Scott Shipman was here and shared with you. I got to meet Scott Shipman at the uh, religious eating facility over in Terre Haute. I think it's called Chick-fil-A. Uh, one, one day for lunch uh, to learn all about his ministry. But what do they do? They go and they clean up after natural disasters. They're one of the very first ones in, sometimes even on the search and recovery side of things over this country. Yes, they've been busy. We haven't heard much from them this year because of the circumstances that we all exist in, all right? But they're some of the first ones in when, when things are happening. Scott and his team have such a passion for the chaos and the people that are caught up in that chaos, the fear, the uncertainty. And oh, by the way, they're always looking for volunteers to join them. And many of you might be at a phase of life where you could go and serve during some of those crises. So all you have to do is call them up and say, hey, I'd like to volunteer. And they'll tell you when and how and where. <laughs> I guarantee you, they will hook you up with that opportunity. Don't miss that chance. All right. One last one before we get here in our very own town. Okay. This one's called E2. It's called Effective Elders. It's a very unique ministry. The elders, we all got to go over to Indianapolis earlier in October and be a part of a retreat that they did for elders and their wives. Their mission to strengthen the local church by equipping elders to lead. Uh, they work with local churches to help implement biblical models of leadership. They've helped us do that here. And we have now approved that biblical model of leadership along with our new bylaws here at Berea. They've got all kinds of resources, books, training, all kinds of things. We've got access to all of that. We can help hook you up with those things if you're interested in some leadership materials. They'll come to churches. They'll meet with churches, help them write policy, establish policy, uh, write bylaws, which they helped us do, hire pastors, work through difficult seasons in the church's lives, and many more. Uh, this 
organization has such a heart for the bride of Christ, but particularly for those that are called to serve as leadership. And what I love is that the founder of this organization, there's three men, but one guy kind of spearheaded it. It was a guy by the name of Gary Johnson. Now I'm going to ask you to remember all the way back to January of 2020. In fact, the last Sunday of January of 2020, Gary was here and he spoke at the very end of our Too Much Financial series. Here's what's so cool about Gary. When I was in grad school, Gary was one of my professors. And during one of his classes, this organization was being birthed. So I heard all of the passion, all of the heart behind the founding of this organization. And here we are many years later. And where did God put me? He put me at a church that partners with the very organization that I was listening to before it ever even existed. How awesome is God? What providence. He knew. He knew what was going to happen. And he put all those pieces together. All right. All right. Let's go right here in town. Let's go less than two miles away. That direction right over there. There's a place called Forest Park elementary school. Two years ago, we adopted Forest Park Elementary School as kind of a, a, a school we wanted to just take on and sponsor and just move on. We were beginning to make progress in last year, beginning to do a few more things here and there, and then COVID, of course, hit. I've been in close communication. I talked with Kaylee, their secretary, this Monday. She was at home quarantine because she had to be tested for COVID. Don't know how those tests came back yet. I'm hoping, okay, she hasn't let me know otherwise. Um, but anyway, contacting her and saying, hey, when we can get back in, what can we do? Or while the kids are away, what can we do? Is there anything that we can do to help you guys out right now? And she's continued to tell me, I'll let you know if I hear anything, if we come up with anything. And so here's what I want you to do. Will you pray with me? that God will open the doors for us to do something during this holiday season, something. It may be go into the building. Maybe there's something that needs done inside the building, and since no one's there, we could take a crew in and do it. I don't know. Maybe it's something special we can do to encourage the teachers through the difficulty of e-learning. Maybe it's something that they've got to transport and get out to all their kids, and they don't have a means to do that. I don't know. Will you A, pray with me that God opens the door, and B, when he does, whether it's in this year or not till 2021, will you pray that God will let you participate in whatever it is that he allows us to go in and do? There are big, I told you the dream for missions and giving, right? I, we've got big, giant dreams for a relationship with them and what God could potentially turn that into. Will you pray that God allows you to be a part of it as those dreams unfold for us moving into the future? Huge opportunity just right across the road. Northview. Has a little organization, right? Youth for Christ. Anybody, anybody part of Youth for Christ back in the day when you were in school? Yeah, they're still there. They still exist. Here's the cool thing. It's sponsored now by someone that many of you might know. Her name is Sarah Lawrence. She has some ties to some folks around here. And what's really cool is we actually get to host the high school group here on Monday nights. Now, they're not meeting right now because of the COVID stuff, but they were. They were here on Monday nights. We're so close to the school. They can use our van to transport people over here. It's just a phenomenal arrangement that we have. Here we are, another group directly tied to us that God is using to reach out to the students here in the local community. What a blessing it is to be a part of that. Finally, Inside Out Recovery. Inside Recovery, Kevin Ekes, uh, amazing guy. He's the director. He's been here several times. He was here in September uh, over Labor Day weekend, and he shared with you. Um, the heart behind that mission is to help men that are leaving prison get their feet back on the ground, to reestablish relationships, to find employment, and most importantly, to develop a heart for God. Could there be anything more Christ-like than an organization that does that kind of work. And we get to partner with them. If you could only have a minute to sit down as I do with Kevin over lunch and say, Kevin, share with me the vision of your mission. Share with me the things, the details that you need 
right now to happen in your mission. Only if you could do that, right? Wait, wait, just a moment here. Um, Kevin actually lives at the facility over on the other side of town here in Brazil. I don't know if you knew that or not. So literally, you and your family could invite Kevin and his lovely wife over anytime you want for dinner, anytime you want. How awesome would it be if some random person from some random church that supports that mission calls them up over there inside and says, hey, Kevin, love to have you and your wife over dinner. Just want to talk with you, want to pray with you. Would you be willing to come? You know what he's going to say? Yes. Yes is what he's going to say. He would love to meet you. Man, that would be awesome if you would be willing to do that and hear the passion that he has for that mission and the dreams that they have moving forward. Uh, I was able to get with Kevin a couple weeks ago. He gave me a couple updates. First, the residential program is doing great, even with the COVID. As a matter of fact, over there in Hendrick Street, they're at double occupancy in the rooms they have available. They don't want to do that. They just want one gentleman per room, but right now they're having to do two because there's so many people there. Obviously, with the corona, their mission has been impacted. Uh, their Bible studies through the week, they allowed people from the community to come into. They had to shut that part down. It is now back open. But the greatest impact has been the prison has been closed. They have, a, they have two ministries that happen at Putnamville, one on Wednesday morning, one on Thursday evening. And obviously, they haven't been able to go to the prison since last March. They are praying desperately for that opportunity to open as soon as possible. Right now, they have no idea when that might happen. So pray with us that those doors open very soon for them. It's such a huge part of what they do there. They're working with the chaplains to try to restart, celebrate recovery, their Thursday night program over there. But to date, last I talked to them, they have not had success getting that going again. Here's what's even more awesome. Any night of the week for Wednesday night, they try to go to church on Wednesday night. So Monday, Tuesday, or Monday, Tuesday Thursday, or Friday at seven o'clock, you could stop by. On Monday night, they do a program called The Quest for Authentic Manhood. On Tuesday, there's a program called Save, or on, I thought it's on Tuesday, Celebrate Recovery on Tuesday, sorry. On Thursday, they have a program called Save People, and on Friday at 7 o'clock, they have a Bible study. You could stop by at 7 o'clock any night of the week and go in and just pray over those men. Just pray over Kevin and that facility. You could do that. Easy to do. Easy way to reach out to the mission so close to us. He asked us specifically to pray that get back in the prison. And the second thing that he asked us to pray for was the opportunity to renovate the rest of their facility. They're in the old nursing home over there on Hendrick Street. They've got a 21,000 square foot facility, much of which they cannot currently use because it needs to be renovated. In one of my meetings with him, I said, hey, what will it take? What's the first thing that has to happen for you to begin renovating those facilities? And he said, well, the first thing's already happened. That was to update the sprinkler system to code. That's done now. He said, so the next thing that needs to happen is we need to go through, we need some plumbers to come in and replumb each of the rooms. And this is a fairly extensive undertaking to do. And once they get that done, then they can begin actually renovating the rooms. If you know someone in that world, if you know someone that could donate the time or the energy or um, maybe do it at a lesser cost or donate the, the materials for such an endeavor, man, would you meet with Kevin and talk with him because they have dreams beyond that facility. This, this facility is for men only. You know what they'd really love to do? Start the exact same program for women right here in this community. It's on their heart. That's on their heart. That's part of the vision that they have. Would you pray that that happens? The last one outside of this building is a little organization called the Clay County Cooperative Benevolence Ministry. They get the longest title of the day award. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Title. But what do they do? Well, it's very simple. They're made up of churches and social organizations and individuals, and they provide the working poor with some help. Help with utility bills, help with rides, help with fuel vouchers, food vouchers, even referral services and budgeting tools. What's their goal? Their goal is to help people through these physical means in hopes that they get an opportunity to dive into the more important things of their life. And that would, of course, be the need for a relationship with Jesus Christ. What an awesome organization. And we get to partner 
right here in our very own town with them. All right, that leads us to our building and our final mission that we support. And that is our little old tiny itty bitty food pantry. Okay, and so here's what I wanted to do. I want to give you some information um, that I got to pull up in an email because I just got it yesterday. So let me open this email for you. Uh, let's see here. Where is it? Oh, no, just kidding. It was a text from Tony, wasn't it, Tony? She's right there. She probably was correcting me in her head as I was saying that. She texted me yesterday to give me this information. So when I first began here, we had this little bitty closet right over here outside the men's restroom. And on a weekly basis, we might have one person, maybe two, stop by per week to get some food. Well, they made the transition to the bigger room and more space and those things. And at the beginning of all that, they might have five or 10 families that would come in um, on Thursdays from um, sometime between, uh, it was smaller hours then, but now it's from 10 to 2. Now, currently, that particular food pantry is serving between 24 and 27 families a week. This last week, um, she texted me. She told me it was a busy day on Thursday. She said we had 36 families drop by for assistance, 144 people this week alone. Over the course of the year, not including this number, it's been 600 and different, 689 different families, 2,447 people that God has helped us feed through this little church on this little corner right back here in this back room. And there's a very, very small team of people doing it. They're able to feed each person for about a week for about $3 a person. If you can imagine, we work with an organization called Catholic Charities. We get some of the foods that we need for free. Perishables are free. Everything else is literally pennies on the dollar, what they pay to do that. But that does cost money, and we've spent a lot of money purchasing things from there. We would love to have more donations from here. There's a list on our website of the specific things that we roll through the fastest um, that you can pull up and see what you could bring in to help us with. Um, but, but beyond the money, beyond the food, we need people. We need people to help out with the food pantry. Here's an easy one. If you could stop by here on Wednesdays at 1.30, Wednesdays at 1.30, you could help unload the van from Catholic Charities. It'd take you 10 minutes to help unload it. If you want to stick around and help put it all away, if we had a group here, it would take less than an hour, probably 15 or 20 minutes if you had a nice crew here to just separate everything out and get ready for Thursdays. You could volunteer on Thursdays to come in and just carry food out to, we got 36 folks to stop by. That's 36 trips we got to make out to cars, carrying boxes and food and things like that. So many ways to help out with the food pantry right here. To date, our missions ministry here at the church has spent at least $58,272.89. It's probably more than that by this point in time. Imagine little old Brazil, you and me right here in little old Brazil, able to impact the needs of the ends of the earth for the cause of Christ, bringing salvation to someone on an island in the Caribbean, to someone as far away as China, or to someone that's just been released into prison into our very own community. It's an amazing thing, the way God can do that. And so here you go. Here's our closing challenge for today. We're looking for some help right now for people to join our missions team. That's why we gave you the list. And online right now, we're posting a link online right now you to click and say, yes, God has placed one of these missions or more of these missions on my heart. I want you to click that link, hit continue. David just posted it and fill out your name and information and what mission it is that God is speaking to you. If you are in this room with me right now, I want you to pull out that connect card. I want you to put your name on it. I want you to put the mission that the Holy Spirit has convicted you to be a part of and to help be our liaison to, I want you to put that mission's name down on there and put that in the offering on your way out. And here's the thing, I'm not gonna let this go. You know how some pastors, you know, they just say things and then they just disappear. I will mention this every week until every single mission we have here at this church is supported by somebody here at this church. I will mention every week 
the names of missions that still do not have support yet until somebody steps up and says, I want to be our liaison. I want to be. God has moved me in that direction. I know it might get old. Well, if you think it's old, why don't you volunteer and be that person? Hey, you can get me to stop talking about it then. But I won't stop talking about it because it'd be so awesome that every single one of our missions have a liaison right here. Somebody support an ambassador to encourage them, to hear from them. So encouraging for that to happen, right? It's awesome. It's awesome. Hopefully God has convicted you today. And here's the most awesome part. Besides finding that local identifier, that person to identify with each of our missions, here's what we're doing to back up what we're saying because we mean it. We're going to take a step out on faith. I've mentioned it for two weeks already. This is the third, and I'll mention it again next week. We're taking a step out on faith. Next week is a fifth Sunday. It's the fifth Sunday in November. And so we as a leadership have decided to step out on faith and know that God is going to provide everything that we need for this week. He's going to provide through you everything that we need to finish this year strong. As far as the church budget is concerned, we, knows, we know he will use you to provide for that. And so next week, we're going to take 100%. Every dime that is collected next Sunday is going out to all of our missionaries as an end of the year just gift to them. Unless they're watching this morning, and some might be, so they're in on the secret, and they don't know that check will come. They don't know that they're going to get a phone call or an email from one of you being the new liaison from Berea Christian Church. They don't know that's happening. This is all going to be just a surprise gift to them when it's been a very difficult year. And so what we're asking you to do is to pray very hard about next week in our offering for you to give above and beyond what you normally do. We want to bless the socks off of our missions next week. We truly do. We are looking for God to do miraculous things through the offering next week, which again, 100%. Not a dime will be used for the light bill, for the heat bill, for salaries, for anything else here at church. Every dime of it is going back out to our missionaries. We think this is a huge deal, guys. We want you to partner with us in this. Don't miss this opportunity to bless those ministries around the world. How many of you didn't know any of those missions that I mentioned today or know what they did or where they were or anything about them? Yeah, we, it's hard to communicate that to you. We can't do that all the time and we won't do it all of them once again, all together. But it was so important with what we're doing next week for you to know every single mission that we support. So important. So you can hear the heart and so that God can convict you to support one of those missions, maybe personally even. What an opportunity God's so good, isn't he? He's so good. Amen? amen. My goodness, guys, if, if, <laughs> if you can't give an amen to that, has it been tough? Yeah, this world's difficult. There's a disease going around. There's a virus going around. Now, we don't have, nobody has a clue what's happening with that. It just keeps doing its own thing. God's in control. We've got to put our faith and hope and trust in him alone. And if we're not there yet, if you're not there yet, if you're living in fear because of that, man, believe in God. Put your faith and hope and trust in him. Not in medicine, not in doctors, not in politics. Put it in him and then rest in that. Be safe, be secure, follow God's will for your life. He will provide all that you need. Father God, what an awesome thing to be a part of a church that reaches out in so many different ways. Does it take time to share? Yeah, yeah, it does. It takes a long time to share about everything that's happening. But Father, it's so important that these people aren't just names on a check that these are real people, real individuals with real families and a real heart for all of the people that they serve. Father, I pray that our people are moved to one or more of these missions, that they just feel a sense of your spirit pushing them in that direction, where they will commit. It's a simple, they'll commit to praying for that group. They'll commit to just contacting them a couple times a month. 
via email or phone call and saying, hey, how you doing? Is there anything we can pray about? Any specific needs you have right now? Thank you for sharing. Father, we need that connection with these ministries. We need to reach out and be personal and care and love on those people. Missionary, being a missionary is a hard job. It's hard to be away from family. It's hard to be away from friends. It's hard to be devoted completely to another group of people. And it sometimes pulls you away from family and other things that you'd like to do in life. And so, Father, we just lift them up in these difficult times. We know you're providing for them. You've been faithful. Everyone that we talk to, Father, they, they just echoed the reality that you have been faithful in this storm and they have stories to tell. As a result, Father, you've been faithful to us here at Berea. And we wanna honor you through our giving and your faithfulness to our lives and an attempt to reach out to these missions and bless them to end this year. Father, we love you. We pray for your spirit to move in our people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.